My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Today we have another wonderful guest joining us, Coach Tina. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing just fantastic, Dallas. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And where are you calling us from today? I'm in Mitchellville, Maryland, just about 30 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Have you lived there your entire life? I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. And after I got married, uh, we moved out to the the suburbs out into Maryland here. And that's where my family and I reside. My husband, uh, we've been married 37 years and we have two lovely daughters, uh, grown daughters, uh, 20, going to be 28 and 32, I think. (laughs) Do they have children as well? No, no grandchildren yet. Okay, well, it's coming, I'm sure. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. I know we're going to have a wonderful interview for our audience here today. And you are a book coach. And can you just tell us quickly, what is a book coach? What does that mean? Well, a book coach is someone who actually will take you underneath of their wing and take all of your genius and help you to take it from in your mind to on the paper. Mm-hmm. To, to publishing it, to then getting it out and distributing it. If you go, go the whole process, you can choose to do it all yourself. You know, the book that I just released allows you to actually walk through the process yourself if you so choose. So, but if not, we're here to help. Okay. And do you work as an individual or with a company doing this coaching? Well, I have a team. And so this is my company, but I have a team. So I have editors and book designers. Uh, and people, uh, uh, other coaches, accountability partners. So we kind of work together to make the whole process an experience. We want it to be an experience. We want it to be something that people enjoy and love, you know, when they're done with the process. And that's what it is really an experience, putting that first book out there, breaking down that big wall of intimidation. And have you seen that people who release one book release another and another and another after that? Absolutely, absolutely. I think about uh, I think about my mom who released her first book at like eighty, and and then she turned around and did another one, and you know three or four years later, and she says, "Shot this video." She says, "If I can do it, anybody can do it." <laughs> That's some good marketing right there. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I want to give you also the next couple minutes and just share a little bit about your Christian testimony for our audience today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I was I was blessed. I was born and raised in the church. Um, My family church was just a couple of blocks down the road so we could walk back and forth to church. So I don't really remember not being connected, but I do remember when things changed as far as how connected I was to to God. And that was more when I went away to college. I I believe I had a pretty strong Christian walk through you know, junior high and high school. But when I went off to college and I wasn't with my family church, I had to seek out some other sources to learn from. I remember finding Dr. Fred Price out of California on, on, um, on, on the, online and uh, on TV at the time, because it wasn't online back then, but on TV at the time. 
And he just really dove into the scriptures and pulled out wisdom nuggets that made me go, I've read that scripture. I've been in church. I didn't know that. Wow. And so it was from that point that I got just obsessed <laughs> with pulling out nuggets out of the scripture. And so, you know, as I went through school and everything, college, I just continued to build and grow, build and grow, build and grow, join campus ministries and, and just took it from there. Amazing. And how, how has being a Christian impacted the way that you are a parent? Oh my goodness. I, I, <laughs> you know, when you look back and you see how um, blessed I am that my girls have just grown up to actually love the Lord, first of all, and just have had a different positive outlook on life and how they do things. Uh, it's, I, all, I credit it all to my Heavenly Father because he showed up and showed out for us. And, you know, you, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And we have testimonies. And that uh, has just been beneficial to us. And it's also allowed us to be connected to other individuals that have grown in the Lord. And we have seen what God can do. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. That's encouraging because as a new father, um, we want to raise our son in the way of the Lord as well. And uh, that's not, not something I experienced either or my wife. And so mm -hmm. first generation, like let's set our son up for victory. In times of personal trouble, is there someone you can go to in order to find some answers? How can you deal with the difficult people you encounter? How do you stay calm in a world that is filled with anxiety? Fearless in the Light takes you on an exciting journey, revealing the answers to these questions by meditating on the 27th Psalm. In this powerful passage, King David is dealing with his inner fears with a myriad of external difficulties. Find your copy of Fearless in the Light on Amazon today. Pray to Jesus by Shea Valera is designed to teach you proven truth about how to make miracles happen in your life and the lives of others. While I suggest you read it in its entirety, real help can be found in each individual passage. We do not claim to be God. We do not claim to have any more power than the next person in the world, but our methods work. And if you have studied Christianity for a while and felt like there was more to it, here you go. Enjoy. Find your copy of Pray to Jesus on Amazon today. Yes. And, and don't be afraid to, to be a little different. I mean, I didn't allow my children to listen to some of the things on the television, on the radio. We, 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 we did kind of shelter them a bit, but we had a mission in mind. We wanted them to grow up and understand what we believed. And we wanted them to not just, we didn't want God to just be our God. We wanted to be their God too. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Tina. A little bit more about your book. And you have two programs, like you said, the robotthebook.com and outline your next book challenge.com. And so we're going to talk about both of those today. And what is your experience in writing and selling books for yourself? Sure. Let, let, let me go back just a little bit because I want folks to understand how I actually got here. Okay. Um, you know, I grew up, I had a difficulty reading and reasoning. I, I just, I struggled. I could not, I, I, throughout elementary school, I really had to fight to do, you know, do B plus, you know, if I got some A's, but I had parents in my ear and, and they were just positive and they just kept telling me, you know, you can do this, move forward. And today we know that I had dyslexia, 
Um, and it just, you know, back in the early 60s, they, nobody was talking about dyslexia. Nobody was talking about uh, disabilities that, uh, that you couldn't really see, if you will. So, you know, I, I pressed my way through high school. I remember when I was getting ready to graduate high school, I, I got accepted into a couple of, of colleges for engineering. And I remember my calculus teacher telling me, Tina, I think this is a mistake for you. It's too hard. You, you struggle too much. I mean, you get, you, you're getting there, but it's just too much of a struggle. And, um, and I remember the University of California saying, you know, we're going to accept you, but we're a little nervous about this. I didn't end up going there, and I, I did end up finishing at Northeastern University out of Boston. And even then, in my, I think I was in my next to my last year, my advisor, I go in to see my advisor every time, and, you know, we're, we're pressing through, and he says, Tina, I think you ought to consider something else. He says, you're just struggling. This is hard for you. And I said, you know, for a minute, I just... It caught me off. I was just like, wait a minute. I thought you were on my side. But then I still had my parents in my ear. And my mother said, inch by inch, life is a sin. She said, with God on your side, all things are possible. And my dad was just, you know, they were cheering me on. And so I, I pressed through. And I did graduate. Now, I got to let you know, I did not graduate summa cum laude. It was more like, thank you, Lottie. <laughs> but I did graduate with that engineering degree. And I went on to uh, become an engineer at a private company. And then, but by the grace of God, I, I became a NASA engineer. You know how rare that they take engineers with 4.0 point point something else. <laughs> okay. And so to become a, a NASA engineer and to retire from NASA after, you know, 31 years in 2019, that was such a blessing. Because that, and I had an amazing career, and we can talk about that in a minute, but I want to go back to, to further the testimony. Dyslexia is hereditary, all right? And so both of my daughters are dyslexic. My, my younger daughter was the worst of all three of us. And I can recall, and I'll tell you her story, but I can recall uh, just the same sort of thing, just having trouble, just couldn't read, just couldn't get it. It was, it was horrible. And so we had her in private school thinking that that was going to do the trick, but it didn't. So they told us, they said, take her out of private school and put her in the public school because they have to help her. They have to have a program that's going to help her. And so I remember enrolling her in that private school. And when we got enrolled in that private school, uh, they put her through a battery of tests. And they called us into this, this conference room, this long table. And it must have been 12 smart people all around the table, psychologists, psychiatrists. And they said to us, we understand that both you and your husband are engineers, but we need you to know that this child here will probably never go to college. She probably will not, um, she just is not gonna excel academically like that. What she has going on is severe and it's just, this, this is just gonna be, we need you all to get on board with the fact that she's gonna have to just do the best that she can. And we listened to this, it became wah, 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 wah. We listened to that until we got up and we walked out of that room and we walked out of that school and we said, the devil is a liar. We, she's not going to this school. The devil is a liar. We put her in another school and they tried with some fines that didn't work. And so finally, my older daughter's going to high school. And so my, my, there's a school next door. And so I go over to the high school and I say, well, gee, I really need my daughter to go to a school that's close by. They said, well, go next door. I said, well, that's closed over there. It's another private school. They've already closed. She said, no, you go next door and tell her that I said you. I said, okay. So I go next door. They took her. All right. The principal there says, 
this child will not be left behind. Come see me every day after school. It's a, okay. So he did. Well, long story short, not only did my daughter graduate from the eighth grade of all kinds of honors, but she went to college on a full scholarship and graduated summa cum laude. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> you can't tell me <laughs> that God isn't good. Okay. We didn't accept that. We call those things that be not as though they were in this family. And my older, my older daughter, scholarship, college, she didn't make summa cum laude. I think she missed it by point one. She, she was right underneath her there, though. So God is good. He's able. He's able. And so as I was um, been an engineer for a while, I became a, a, a licensed coach. And I was in one of my, my, my uh, classes with a bunch of coaches. And they came up to me and they said, Tina, uh, we want you to participate in this book writing project that we're doing. Everybody's going to you know, put a chapter in. I said, you, I'm dyslexic. I still struggle. I struggle. I fumble over my words to this day. I'm, I'm not the one. They go, yeah, you really, you are. We want you to participate in this book project. And I said, well, you know what, Tina, you are coachable because I just went through a coaching program. I said, can you show me? Yeah. And they said, we can show you how to do this. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try it. And once I went through it and I applied some of the same techniques, some of the same learning uh, tricks that I did doing everything else, to become an engineer, to make it successful for NASA, to become a successful coach. I said, I just have to add this in to, to writing books. And once I did that, I said, it's over now. So now six books later, <laughs> okay, six books later, I'm able to help individuals who may not have thought that they could do it, do it. Because if I can do it, truly anybody can do it. That's why I'm a missionary, because I was like, if God can save me, he can save anybody. <laughs> I can write a book. Anybody can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These books behind you, are those books that you released yourself or that you helped publish? Uh, some of them are uh, ones that I released. Some of those are some of the ones that some of my students have done. And so, yes. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you for bringing us full circle, because I think that was important to say. If you have a story, call Tina. Call Coach Tina. Show her. <laughs> That's right. If, you, if you're an expert, if you have a story, you might not even think you have a story. But if you're a professional, if you have, um, if you have had some experiences, we know how to take those experiences and transform them into something that can help somebody else. So we're not on this journey for ourselves. We're on this journey to be a blessing to somebody else. We're on this journey to give glory to God. And we give glory to God by the works that we do, the things that we do. And so writing a book is just another way to give them some glory. Mm -hmm. And do you focus primarily on Christian content or any content that, a, that an author wants to publish? Well, what I like to do, because I find that this, this is the easiest, especially to start, is a nonfiction book. Okay. Because that really goes in on specifics of what the expert has in mind. Okay. The second thing is a legacy book. And then the third thing, we have another process that I've created that can really help anybody. Because if you can write a paper or if you can speak enough to have somebody help you write a paper, you can write a book well enough. So, so I have a few things in my arsenals that I have created. Uh, but I don't say I only talk to Christians because I can't say we can't we can't save other folks if we don't talk to other folks. We got to bring everybody into the fold. And hopefully when you hang out with us long enough, you're going to go, hmm. Maybe there's something about this person that I want to find out how I can, how I can be like this person. And then we can share. 
which pretty much we're sharing all along the way. Sometimes I have to tell folks, if you're not comfortable with this, don't, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just hang in there with me because it's going to be well. Can you break down a little bit more about your process? Maybe if you want to start on Robot the Book Method first, and then we'll talk about the other link as well after that. Okay. So the Robot the Book Method is a book writing method that I created because really what you want to do is you want to create an ultimate you. And since you can't be everywhere at once, you want to actually write that book in a way that puts information in it and processes in it so that when people are reading and going through the experience of their book, they're actually experiencing you. So we're not just going to write you know, a bunch of words. We're going to actually be particular about how we write this book so that people are asking questions, people are raising their hands, people are doing assessments. They're participating with you through this book. And as they participate with you, what you're actually doing is you're creating an alternate version of yourself that's out there working for you, even though you aren't there. And so that's how this book process works. But the beautiful thing about it is the robot, the book method, you can actually take that book and sit down and go through the processes and actually do it for yourself. Because some people want to do it for themselves. And then there's other people that want someone to do it with them. And that's where we really like to excel. We like doing it with our clients. Because when we do it with you, we can help you to make an impact, right? Because you want to make an impact. You don't just want to impress with your books. No, you don't want to just impress with your book. You want to have an impact with your book. You know, when you're impressed, you're patting yourself on your back. You're talking about how wonderful you are, how lovely things are, uh, all the things that you know. But when you have an impact, you're actually giving the people a result that they want to get from what they raise their their hand to get a book from you because they were looking for a result. And nonfiction, okay, expert in this, expert in that. But somebody could just be looking for a result for laughter. Somebody might want to read a book that's going to lift their spirit. Whatever the result it is that they are looking for, we want that book to do that for them. We want it to make an impact, okay? Not just impress. That's the robot, the book method. How about the outline your next book challenge? What is this? The the outline your next book challenge is actually something that I created that makes the process go a lot easier. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, he said, if I have six hours to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend four of those hours shopping the blade. Okay. So if I have six hours to write a book, I'm going to spend four of those hours on my outline. Because when I get that outline singing and, and, and moving in the right direction, putting the meat on the bones is, is like a walk in the park. But once you get that outline down, once you create that outline in a fashion that just sings and talks to individuals, putting the meat on the bones is easy. You actually do that first domino. You knock that, that, that uh, outline out. That's the first domino. You know what happens you knock one domino down and you got to hold out the rest of the steps. They just automatically fall down. And so that's what the outline your next book challenge is about. It's about actually getting that first outline done. And once that outline is, is, is ready, you knock that first domino down, the rest of the process of doing the book is just going to follow right through. How quick would you say this process is for, for most individuals? For most individuals, depending on what book you choose or which process you choose, I've had somebody do a book in a, in, in, in a week, two weeks. <laughs> I've had people take six months. 
We'd like to say six months is the outside, but we really believe that once you put the meat on the bones and you get yourself scheduled to do your writing, you participate in our, in our writing groups that we do weekly, then if you do that, you're on your way to knock it out just as fast as you want to knock it out. It's all about your schedule. Two more questions that I think are really important for our listeners today. What do you think is the biggest mistake that people make when trying to write their own book? I really believe the biggest mistake is trying to do something by yourself. There's something about having a community. Even Jesus had a community. He had his 12. There's something about when you work with a group that you have accountability, you can bounce ideas off, you save a lot of time and money because sometimes you can use them as uh, to do surveys. They can answer survey questions for you because they're in the community with you and they're going to be honest with you. And so you might be going down a path one way and you realize, hey, that's just not the pathway to go down. Just because my group has poured into me, they have, they have shared with me what they would be looking for if they were in the shoes of the person who are re- who's reading my book. And so taking that journey alone is, most of the time I find folks really struggle when they take that journey alone. But when people lock arms and get connected, it's on. Can you give us a couple other key points to remember when writing your book? Like you, you already said some amazing points. Make that outline first, that first domino to flow, have that, those people around you. What are some other key points that a person should remember when trying to write a book? Some of the key points to remember are that you don't, one of the things is that you don't have to write your book in, in order. Even when you have your outline all laid out and everything has got a nice flow to it, sometimes you just feel like, a certain, you feel a certain way. You feel, maybe you're really excited today. And so you say, you know, I really like this chapter right here. So you go and you knock that chapter out. And, uh, another thing that you can do is again, schedule. You have to schedule just like you do any, we have too much coming at us these days. We have too much happening. And so the the way to get your book done is to actually schedule and, you know, get connected. GPS, God puts success in our path. God puts success in our path and he puts the success in our path relative to the gifts and the giftings that he's given us. That's GPS from God's way. That's amazing. (laughs) You're a great communicator, Tina. You are a wonderful book coach. Thank you, Dallas. I appreciate you. You know, we want to, we want to take on this um, book writing process, uh, not using a fishing pole because you use a fishing pole. You just plucking out one fish at a time. But when you throw that net out there, you can pull a whole lot in. You can put a whole lot in and you can get your results a lot faster. Fishing roll will do it. It'll feed you. It'll get you that one fish. But if you throw that net out there, you can get a whole lot of fish. And you can feed yourself a lot faster. People believe that, yes, it's possible to write a book. You're like, that's why you're the book coach. Because (laughs) I should write a book. Like, I can do this. It's You can do this. You absolutely positive can do. Do you know that in uh, 1455, 1455, that's when the first uh, book is on, on, on record of being done. You know what it was? Come on. Yes. Come on. I don't know. It was a Bible. I was going to say, I was like, I don't know if that's the correct answer, but I, that's what I was thinking. Okay. 
it was a Bible. It, it, and the first cover was done in um, 1832. And it cost one penny for, for, for a book with a cover on it. But it was mostly about horror, horror stories. And that's how the term got coined, uh, penny dreadful. You ever heard the term penny dreadful? It became be penny dreadful when something is penny dreadful. It came from that first book cover and they were all about horror stories. <laughs> and these covers were on them and they only cost a penny. And that's why I called it penny dreadful because the books were horrible, they were horror stories. <laughs> Books go back a long ways. Books go back a long ways, and they are the best ways of communicating now into the future. Come on, let's think about it. You know, when I was growing up, we had the LPs, we went to the cassettes, the eight tracks, or, or vice versa, CDs. Now we have the MP3s. The books are still here. Yeah, you know, they have a shelf life of at least five years, at least five years. In some books, we're still reading them. They were written years and years and years ago. And your book will leave a legacy for your children and your children's children to come back and say, hmm, what did great-grandpa write about? Oh, yeah, that's cool. He was an interviewer. Yeah, he, he lived out in Brazil. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. How does your, your company and your team help publishing easier because yes you write the book you get it all out there but then putting the book out there publishing it that's another story publishing is, is definitely another story and that's one of the reasons why it's not folks fault when they go write these books and they don't um they don't finish the process because a lot of times you'll connect with a company and they'll help you write the book or they'll help you publish the book or they'll help you to to you know push the book out there we like to go from mindset to making more offers. We want to take you from mindset, my whole mindset of the book, to making more offers with your book, all right? And, and we do that so that it's a complete project. That's why a lot of times when you hear me talk about a book, I don't talk about it being just a book. I talk about it being a book project because we want you to get the entire project done because most people want to write a book. They expect to get some revenue. They want to get a return on their investment. Do you know that a book is an asset? What is an asset? An asset is an object that you own, an object of ownership that's convertible to cash, an object of ownership that's convertible to cash. That's what a book is. It's an object of ownership. It's convertible to cash. And that's what we want to do. We want to convert it to cash. So what do we want to do? We want to make sure the book is written properly. And then we want to help with the publishing process. The publishing process is making sure that the editing is done. We know, I mean, it's nice to get auntie or good friend to look at your book. We want a professional editor, okay? We also want to get someone professionally to lay the book out. Because I've had too many people come to me and said, you know, they're doing their book for the second time because it just didn't turn. The, the information was good, but the product wasn't good because they didn't take the extra steps. They thought they were saving some money. We want to get the whole project looking very professional. And then after that, we don't just push you out there because a lot of people don't know how to do marketing. We create a funnel, all right? And drop the, your book into the funnel and allow you to actually market your book through the funnel. I, I, we do that for you if you, you know, take, if you do the whole process. Now, if you do the done for you, everybody, you know, some other people uh, are, are crafty enough 
clever enough to do their own funnels, but there are people out there who aren't. And they want to have an online presence. So we want to provide that for them. Mindset to making more offers. That's what we want to do with the folks who are doing books with us. Would you push people away from publishing with Amazon? I know they make it so easy nowadays. Would you push people away from that method? Well, you know, I have a couple of books on Amazon, but my husband and I just uh, released the book, The Mathematics of Marriage, Three Steps to Have an Amazing Marriage. And uh, you can't find that on Amazon. It's in the background on Amazon, but it's not public because I know that I can make much more money when I sell the books, when I speak, and when I sell them off my website, I get to get more of the revenues in. And so what we like to ask folks to do, are you, I mean, you really have to sell it on Amazon right away? If you do, no worries. We're going to help you get that done. But if you are able to get to the post office or you're able to set up with a distribution company and push your books out that way, you're going to put more of that money in your pocket. And I just like more of the money in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> My pastor, um, Chris Busher, who is also a host of this show, he was a missionary in Brazil for eight years and he mm-hmm. books as well. And he did this route where he didn't use Amazon in the beginning. He went to preach at different churches and distributed the books that way. And he said it mm-hmm. was better than the Amazon route. Nowadays, it's on Amazon. I like exactly what you're saying. It's so good. Yeah. And then you can also do a pre-sale on the marriage book. We pre-sold over 100 copies. I think we were over 130 before we, before we even printed the first book. And so I have a pre-sale process because sometimes folks, you know, cash may be a little tight. So we want to help them make that money back as soon as possible. We want to help them to get that money in their pocket. So pre-sales are great. It can help you actually get most of the publishing done. Good. And so I show, I show the clients how to do that. Is there anything else you want to say for our audience today about your process or about your time here today? You know what? What I like to say is I would like folks to remember this. Don't let anybody tell that you that you can't do something. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. My favorite scripture that I stand on is call those things that be not as though they were Romans 417. And, you know, when God called the earth into play, he called it as if it was already here. When he called the waters to come up, he, he, he spoke to it as if it was already here. So when you have goals in your life, be it writing a book, you know, running a marathon, becoming an engineer when they say that you can't, you call those things that be out as though they were. And you have that same faith that God had when he called all of this into existence because he believed that he could. And he gave us that same level of faith as well. Amazing. Tina, thank you so much for your time today. Like I, like I said, you are a wonderful communicator and encourager. I think that's a, a gift that you, you have, a, a spiritual encourager. So good. Thank you so much for your time. If I can have you end our podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We plead your blood all over us to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning, for allowing us to go about our way and to give you glory on that way. Lord, we ask your blessings upon each and every person who hears my voice, that you might just pour out exactly what they need when they need it. And Lord, we ask that you be glorified through the whole process. Bless Dallas and his family and his new baby. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Tina, can I have you say one more time, where can our audience find your links? They can go to Robot the Book. I like that. Robotthebook.com and outline your next book challenge.com. Outline your next book challenge.com. Remember, you want to knock that first domino down and then we can put the meat on the bones. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.